Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Sound good? Yes, sir! I know who I am! Did IQs just drop shot while been I was away? Better. I have plans. I like this shit! It is unavoidable. You know what's exciting? Dance off, bro! It is your Me destiny. Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Let the games begin. Hello and welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection with Jason and Lee. How are you doing, Lee? I'm doing fine, Jason. How's yourself? I'm doing very well, and the reason I'm doing very well is because today we get to talk about movies. So the way the show is going to be broken down for all you listeners out there is that the first segment of the show is we, Lee and I, discuss the trailers that we watch during the week, things that we're going to be excited about, things that we're a little bit less excited about. The second part of the show deals with the things that we watched, where we ask one specific question, what did you watch this week? During the third portion of the show, we have this featured film, and the featured film this week is going to be our review of Jason Bourne. So, without further ado, uh, of the trailers that you watched this, uh, this week, Lee, which ones caught your attention? Two alliterative words, my friend. Wonder Woman. I seen the Wonder Woman trailer this week. Uh, Very a little cool. delayed, I suppose, but uh, it was amazing. How about you? Did you manage to catch it? I caught it more than once, to tell you the truth. Uh, I really appreciated this trailer. It got me really excited to finally see, uh, I guess, a new superhero. We, we've been talking about the same superheroes for so long now, Batman movies, Spider-Man movies, and all this stuff. But this one is our, our, our first real new thing. Pretty much fell in love yeah. with the trailer about Wonder Woman. I think that they're going in a fantastic direction. And yeah, I'm super excited about this movie. I watched it as well. Yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I, I was swept away by it. I had, I don't know, you just immediately assuming the sort of standard that's come out recently in DC and sort of expectations for how they were going to treat Wonder Woman, especially after a sort of blase in name only appearance in Batman v Superman. I was kind of expecting something that was going to be a little bit more phoned in, a little bit less uh, as interesting as I could imagine it. And it was exactly the opposite of that. It looked great. It looked fucking badass. It looked action-packed. Uh, it, uh, it it just had this great, fun, retro vibe about it. Really, like, straight-off-the-panel uh, Wonder Woman look about it that feels fresh and exciting, and I, I'm so looking forward to this one. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Even, like, it feels like DC, in, in, in any way, in this case, they kind of uh, polished the tone of where they want the DCEU to go, and Wonder Woman might actually be the movie that really sets the trend, really sets this thing going, and finally DC hits their stride, and I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that this is the movie that they're going to do it with. Definitely. It doesn't look like it's trying to even compete with anything. It just looks like it's going to be a good film, and I'm so excited for that. And and I just, I want to see a superhero film with a big-ass sword. I just want to see somebody swing a big ass sword and fucking take down like ten guys at once with it. Is that so much to ask? I don't know. I'm more of a whip guy, but I'll echo that. <laughs> well, then I've got good news for you. <laughs> good. Uh, on my side of things, the one that I kind of also really uh, enjoyed was a little bit of a Justice League teaser that they put out at Comic Con. What did you think That's of right. that? I, I I thought it was uh, promising as a start. I mean, like it it looked like bare bones footage. Uh, and even then, it was a little more, it was a little further along, and I mean, I know they're still shooting it, so I mean, it, that it even has some of the, like, the CGI of the Flashes scenes and stuff in it, I was just like, fuck, how did they manage to pull this together? Uh, it looked fun! I, I mean, it didn't grab me in the same way Wonder Woman did, uh, maybe not even in the same way Doctor Strange did, uh, I guess, but, um, I still think it, it shows promise, it, it kind of shows the sort of, um, less pretentious air that they might be going for these days. Uh, I think that's a, it, it looks like a positive step in the right direction, and I hope that it kind of develops more along that line. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I, I have my fingers crossed. I mean, uh, we've been burnt twice. Well, that, that's unfair. We haven't been burned twice. Man of Steel had its positive elements, but it did go a little bit intense. Uh, Batman versus Superman as well, a very divisive film. It had his, its positive moments, but there are big, big flaws. Um, and I'm hoping that with Justice League, not not necessarily that they're going to correct those flaws, but that they've actually been able to flesh out a more coherent narrative. 
Um, so yeah, I'm hoping for the best. I'm not ex- my expectations are I'll I'll say reserved yeah, at the moment. Yeah. I was pleased with what I saw, but I have big reservations. Yeah, definitely. Uh, at least we're pleased with what we saw. We didn't just see more of the same stuff, you know, and more of the same dar-looking bastards standing around looking dar. So I mean, uh, yeah, who couldn't be on board with this so far? Yeah, so that's it. I'll tell you what I'm more excited for, however. I'm actually more excited to see Kong Skull Island. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And, I mean, the the movie looks straightforward. Big giant beast, lots of guns, helicopter. But the only, one of the main reasons I'm excited, because if this movie works, then we're finally going to get our Godzilla versus King Kong movie. Yeah. And that's the one I want to see. <laughs> I will be there for, for Kong Skull Island. I love King Kong. I really want to see this movie. It looks fun. Samuel L. Jackson looks like he's playing himself in another movie, and that's fine. <laughs> You know, but I think uh, Brie Larson's in it, and so is Tom Hiddleston, and they look like they're pretty good. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see Kong. Yeah, Colorado. yeah, I, I definitely think it, it looks good. Um, I I was surprised by how more like the reboot, the recent reboot of Godzilla, it looks, and I'm hoping we do see get to see a little bit more of the monster in this one because it feels I don't know more Kong to spend time with Kong, you know, but uh. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Samuel L. Jackson do a Samuel L. Jackson rant uh, in Tarzan this year, and uh, here's hoping he does better this time. <laughs> Why? He doesn't need to. Everyone knows it's Sam Jackson. Now, I mean, every time I see Sam Jackson on screen, I can't see the character he's playing. I see Sam Jackson, so whatever he's in, <laughs> I, I don't care anymore. They should just cast him and call him Samuel L. Jackson yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's about time, yeah. I think we finally, you know, that uh, we need to stop pretending he plays characters yeah, exactly. and really move on with our lives. <laughs> oh, you you had mentioned there was a trailer before Jason Bourne that you wanted to get to. Yeah, and um, I've seen this. The, the Great Wall, it's called. Uh, a, uh, an interesting looking film. Wanna, you want to hazard a guess what it's about? I don't care. <laughs> you can tell me now. <laughs> I, I didn't even, I saw the trailer pop, I saw the trailer pop up on IMDb and I was like, oh, look at that. Matt Damon's dressed in armor. So I don't know. No, man, I don't even feel like guessing. How about you tell me about it? <laughs> <laughs> so, not plus GR about looking at Matt Damon's face. <laughs> no, no, not even about Matt Damon's face. It's just that when I saw he was in armor, I was like, yeah, that's not believable. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, so he's going to be fighting, I don't know, monsters or dragons or something. It was a surprising twist. I thought it was good. It builds itself up as a trailer to look something like it's going to be like uh, like a sort of historical reenactment kind of film with, you know, whitest of white Matt Damon in it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it turns out um, they're, going, they're going for the straight up monster movie, uh, you know, the, the greatest wall ever built. What were they trying to keep out? Bullshit. <laughs> this is what the trailer is? That's what, that's what that's what the trailer says. Oh, I'm in then. I'm going to go see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's, uh, okay, fine. You sold it. I thought it was going to be like a reenactment where there was this white guy that was going to go help the like uh, like Chinese people to build the Great Wall. And, and there was going to be this whole slavery message and all that. No, so I didn't no. even bother. But now now that it's now that it's really that bad, I'll definitely go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it looks terrible. I mean, I'm not going to pretend it oh, looks good. Oh, good. But uh, I, it looks like you, you know, you can have a drink and really enjoy it because it's. Uh, oh, this is gonna be this gonna be fun because if if it is if he's fighting monsters and dragons and it's the Great Wall, are they in China? Yeah, they're actually in China. Oh man, watch out! There's gonna be so much racist backlash. I'm calling it right there already away. Already is. I, I've seen it on Twitter. It, it oh looks, really? Yeah, yeah. Like immediate. <laughs> it's like perpetuating the myth. That uh, only white people can solve the world's problems. Apparently, is what's immediately out there. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, if 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 Avatar taught us anything, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but the trailer I was referring to is the one that we saw before uh, Jason Bourne the movie itself, uh, and it was the trailer for Split M Night Shyamalan's yes, movie. Yes, yes. My apologies. Uh, a far more reasonable and tolerable film. Uh, yeah. What did you think about the trailer? I was intrigued. Intrigued. I was intrigued. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what Shyamalan does with a much smaller budget. He uh, did manage to produce quite a few of the horror films that came out recently. I think he was behind Wreck, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, but obviously, like this is him going back to the director's chair 
And um, I like Shyamalan. I mean, I, I stopped watching his movies at Lady in the Water because that was basically him just stroking himself and putting it on screen. And I was like, <laughs> okay, listen, dude, once you're done like jerking off, I'll I'll go back and watch your stuff because I really enjoyed The Sixth Sense. I didn't particularly like Signs, but Unbreakable to me is a is a masterpiece. I loved The Village. But, uh, yeah, after that, I own The Happening. I've never watched it, uh, so I didn't really care. Uh, after Earth, or a, pff, I didn't care for that either. <laughs> uh, what was the other one he made? Wasn't it like a comic book movie about the, some uh, Japanese stuff? The Lost stuff? Airbender. Oh, uh, yeah, that. I mean, he even he was like, I've, I've, he's, he's disowned yeah, yeah. that movie as well. So. <laughs> but, I mean, I've, Split seems to be more back to something small, something that he can control, something where yeah. he doesn't necessarily have to... Uh, uh well yeah i think this could be a return to form i'm hoping anyway hoping definitely uh yeah i thought it looked um it looked weird and that's kind of what you want from Shyamalan. you know you want his films to look weird again <laughs> his films hit a, hit a middle point where they they just stopped being weird they started being you know i don't know you know they had his name on them <laughs> i guess <laughs> you know that's pretty much all i could say about them but you know, the the trailer for, like, Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and all, you know, they look like films you'd never seen at the time. And this does look like a film that I've I've never seen. I mean, I've seen split personality films, but I've never seen one so shameless, I think. You know, some of that, like, it doesn't really look like it's trying to be very smart. It just looks like it wants to be a good thriller or horror film. You know, it wants to be something that when you sit down and watch, it'll be a good experience uh, and not... Yeah, I agree. I mean, even after, like, if you look at the likes of 10 Coverfield Lane, it definitely has that claustrophobic feel. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, bringing it back down to that level and then hiring a guy like James McAvoy, who I feel is still waiting for that breakthrough performance. Wow. This okay. could be one of those, those times. Yeah. I yeah. really think that this will be able to showcase just how much range this guy has. Because I, I like him. I like McAvoy. I think he's good. But I haven't seen him, because they've propped him up really high, but I haven't seen what they're talking about yet. Split could be one of those movies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it looks also clearly like, you know, he's he'll take it seriously enough to have fun with it, but not so seriously that he's going to be, like, trying to go for an Oscar with it or anything. Oh, yeah. And that's great. And I think that's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, I agree. Good. I think that rounds out the trailers that we watched this week. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? No, man. That's that's what I've seen this week. What are we doing here? What the hell is going on? I was sent to get you for a reason. Open the door! There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom. Like, we're important. The only chance we have is if all three of us go crazy on this guy. Who is that? Maybe she can help us. We're here! Help us! We're in here! Don't worry. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows what you're here for. He listens to me. My name's Hedwig. How old are you? Nine. I've never seen a case like this before. 23 identities live in Kevin's body. Who are you? Help me get out of here, Hedwig. Are you trying to trick me? I'll tell on you. Aren't you the clever one? An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. Who's coming? The beast. There's a man here. He abducted us and he's going to kill me. We're meant for something. Something horrible. world will understand now. The beast is real. He's done awful things to people and he'll do awful things to you. 
All right, and we're back with the second part of the show entitled, What Did You Watch This Week? Where we answer the question, what did you watch this week? So, Lee, what did you watch this week? Oh, man. I I, I actually turned on TV this week, like oh, like broadcast right. TV, and sat down uh, last Sunday to uh, to watch... Um, uh, something that I've, I've come back. It's it's a show called Robot Wars, I, and I have no idea have if anything, no idea if anything like that exists anywhere other than in the UK. It's best to be uninitiated going into it. It is literally what it sounds like: a bunch of people build a bunch of robots, and they fight. They make the robots fight to the death. Oh, is that the things that like they they have like saws on them and then they go yeah, and someone man. flips them? Oh, yeah, I've seen that, man. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, but that like it used to be a show. It started, I think, uh, maybe the early two thousands. It, it ran for about six, seven years, I think, and then it just it died. It, it just stopped for some reason. Even though I was watching it pretty regularly, it must have got bad ratings one year, and that was that. Uh, but they brought it back uh, this time with um, Irish comedian uh, Daryl Brian and uh, another Irish girl who uh, I, I've never heard of before, and I will remember the name next time I actually mention her. And uh, yeah, they just—it's the same fucking show, the exact same show, the, some of the same robots, the same arena, except now you know. I thought what they were going to do was bring drones into it or something modern, but no, it's, it's all just. New people bringing new robots with shiny new fucking saws and just tearing each other to shreds for our hilarious entertainment. It was oh, amazing. That sounds great. It was brilliant. I, you know, I had no idea how much I missed it. A hard cathartic, uh, watching just pure violence was, but uh, oh my, yeah, like I, I know in, uh, in, um, 20, 30 years time when we start getting a little more sentient AI, they're going to look back on these as fucking, historical records of how we uh, fucking enslaved and abused their race. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to feel guilty one fucking bit because it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the drones would have been great, though. I know, yeah. I, I was I was a bit disappointed we didn't really step into the modern age of technology. But then, I I don't know. It kind of feels like cheating if they can fly. But uh, yeah, so that, that was my Sunday. That was a good one. How about you, Jason? What'd you see? Uh, well, I... F- Finally, uh, was able to finish watching, uh, Netflix original called River, starring Stellan Skarsgård. And, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, it's a one-off six episode season where, well, I'm not going to give too much away because Another you know, UK I don't want to reveal the plot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the UK seems to spawn these wonderful series. I mean, I loved Luther as well. I'm, I'm enjoying in Sherlock. I still have the abominable, bro- abominable bride to watch. And now River uh, has come out and, uh, well, came out a while back, but I just got to it, uh, recently. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's great. So it's basically about this man who tries to, uh, solve, uh, a murder. Uh, and it happens to be his partner, his partner's murder. And so, yeah, he goes around trying to investigate this entire thing, piecing things together. And uh, he uses, uh, well, I'll call them unconventional mes- methods, uh, for lack of a better term, <laughs> uh, because I don't want to give any of the, the plot away. So, yeah, if ever you guys uh, out there can get to that river, uh, watch it. It's fantastic. And uh, you'll devour it. It'll be great. Fucking yeah, man. How about you? Anything else? Yeah. I, again, I only really had... Um... Well, I mean, I, I watched, we watched, uh, the entire, uh, season of Stranger Things, but, uh, we want to save that for, you know, a better discussion. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. So, outside, outside of that, um, the, the only thing I, I watched and sat down and put some effort into was, uh, I, I finally got around to watching Moneyball, uh, the, um, the Ben yeah, Miller, Miller's. Brad Pitt film about right. baseball. And, you know, I, I come from, I come from a country where, you know, baseball isn't, is not played here at all. I mean, there, there's, there's softball teams for, for like office workers, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, junior, you know, amateur stuff, but there's not like actual baseball in any form. And, uh, so, you know, I have grown up with a sort of lack of compassion towards it. I've seen a few films, you know, here and there, but I've never really given too much care for the sport, uh. And, uh, you know, Moneyball does just a fantastic job making me give a shit about the people, <laughs> about the job that some people do in it, you know, about the, the actual... I mean, it was an underdog story where it didn't feel like they were just trying to make me feel bad for them being an underdog. It actually just spent more time working on me being pumped for how proactive they were 
against all the negativity. And I thought it was just, it's, it's just a wonderful film and, and incredibly directed. I mean, like, it's like two, it's, it's over two hours long and it fucking sips by, you know, like I, I was completely absorbed in this really fast moving thing. Like things just don't stop. And when I look back on it, I wonder like, how, how was that two hours? You know, like I remember every conversation. It feels like a, it was like just a bit of time, you know, it was like an episode of something. Uh, but I, 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 I really enjoyed Moneyball. Oh yeah, yeah, and I've I've talked about Moneyball at great lengths uh, because I think Bennett Miller is one of the most underrated directors right now working. Uh, he is a brilliant, brilliant uh, director. He started in, in documentaries in the mid nineties, really? and um, I forget the name of the documentary that he made. I think it so, came out so in nineteen ninety five. There's so much so documentary that in Moneyball. Uh, that's that's really interesting, you know, because it's it's not just it's not just yeah, documentary, yeah. but it's well handled documentary. You know, it's well edited, well put together. Yeah. Well, he kind of navigates between this idea of of, uh, real life and true crime, right? Because he directed Capote before he's the one who actually directed Moneyball. And Capote was dealing with like in cold blood, you know, uh, Truman Mm. Capote. And uh, I mean, everyone who's actually worked with him was nominated for an Oscar (laughs) at one time. Uh, Even in Moneyball. I don't don't, don't remember who was nominated. It was was Jonah Jonah Hill, I believe. Jonah Hill, there yeah. you go. And he was great in the movie as well. You know, it's like out of character. It's not normally the kind of movie we'd see him in. Mm. But yeah, and even most recently, Miller's latest film, Foxcatcher, is one of the, it's, to me, it's a modern, like, yeah. American masterpiece that I, everyone needs to see. I had, I, I had never really considered caring much for Foxcatcher until I've seen yeah. Moneyball, because now that I've seen what he could do with one sporting event and one sort of moment in a life. To, to take something that is also a complete, a sport I have no interest in and see the, the cause I know Foxcatcher, it's about wrestling. It's about a very particular story that based around the Olympics. Uh, the way he handles the characters in that and the way he, he deals with, um, the way, uh, the, the Miller approaches characters with such sincerity, uh, you know, and it, even, you know, these, these could be overarching cliches of sorts, you know, it's, it's the underdog, the, the pushy boss, the, um, the nerdy guy who just wants to get along, just wants to be appreciated. These could have been real shadows of human beings, but the sincerity of which he approaches it, that in itself, to see how he does that, and then to think that there's another story of a similar ilk that I don't find that interesting, uh, you know, on, on face value, that he could add that sort of approach to, immediately makes me excited to watch Foxcatcher. So I think that's going to be something in the next couple of weeks I'm going to sit down and actually experience on the sheer value of Moneyball alone. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, even if you think that there's a sincerity involved in the characters that he's able to develop or extract performances from people that you wouldn't expect, uh, even the performance that Jonah Hill was nominated for an Oscar, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, wait till you get to see what he does with Channing Tatum. Miller <laughs> is able to extract a, a performance from Channing Tatum that is unlike uh, any other that I've been able to see before. Mm. I mean, I did, I, I, he was, he's a movie star to me, but I never really considered him an actor until I saw him in Foxcatcher, where he embodies that part, that person so well, and he's invested so well in that character that there's no, you, you can't help but feel sympathy towards him. Even Mark Ruffalo is something that, you know, we see him in the in the Avengers now and all that, but the character that he that he plays in Foxcatcher, one of the brothers, it's just impressive. Steve Carell as well. You're like, Jesus Christ, how the hell did he pull this performance out of a guy that's basically known for comedies? So yeah, I mean, Foxcatcher is definitely a, a movie that that uh, is is is. How can I put it? It's one of the best movies I've watched in the last 10, 15 years, and I can't recommend it enough. On, on, in the defense of uh, both Channing Tatum and Steve Carell, Channing Tatum was incredible acting in Magic Mike, and Steve Carell was incredible acting in um, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. So, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, although I know where you're coming from in terms of Little Miss Sunshine, Little Miss Sunshine was more of an ensemble cast where he was able to feed off other people, so he didn't necessarily have to kind of go down the, oh, into hold the, his own character. Yeah, exactly. Into the depths that he needed yeah. to do to extract you're, you're that kind right, of emotion. Yeah. And even in Magic mm-hmm. Mike, I mean, Magic Mike was closer to what Tatum had actually been through in real life, right? Yeah, yeah. And so with, with Foxcatcher, these two individuals have, have had to kind of go in very different directions and be able to hone in 
on whatever made those true life people tick was actually quite amazing to see perform on screen. The performances are, are wonderful in that and very different uh, to what we've actually seen them do uh, as of yet. Great, great. So what else have you seen, Jason? Well, speaking of sports that I don't really give a shit about as well, <laughs> uh, I'm going along the baseball line as the same Hooray. as you for some reason. You watched Moneyball. And I usually like putting on documentaries uh, that I don't care about to usually take naps or when I'm trying to get to sleep at night. But I actually got invested in two baseball documentaries recently. Wow. One was called knuckleball uh, that is narrated by uh tim wakefield and it's about these these people that throw the knuckleball it's essentially a ball that you throw with kind of it's not the it's like with your nails essentially right, okay. it's, it's a weird weird grip on the ball and you throw it a specific way anyway there's 12 of these knuckleballers that that uh that are, are mentioned throughout the movie and they, you see them talking it's kind of like this exclusive club it was a really fun documentary, but at the same time, there was a lot of drama. Right. They seem to be like these these outcasts in the baseball world, and it feels very depressing, although entertaining. But, you know, I couldn't help but feel that there was, you know, how can I put it, just a little bit too much drama involved with it. Mm. But, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, this is something definitely that I would suggest you get to yeah. eventually because it was entertaining. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll actually get back to it at any time. But, yeah, Knuckleball was a, a fun one. Right. And uh, the second documentary that I did watch as well was uh, Fastball. <laughs> so about pitchers, essentially, as I was watching movies about pitchers. I love that, the, I, I love that they've got a, um, a recurring theme with baseball films that you just have to put a word in front of ball and suddenly it's its own title. You know, Moneyball, Knuckleball, Fastball. Something ball. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right, man. I had, you know, I, it would be funny at one point that if they just decided to make a movie about outfielder, you'd be like, well, what does he do? Oh, he catches the ball. Okay, so catch, catch ball. ball yeah. call that what about, catch what ball. about a ball about the ball itself? Ball ball. Yeah, ball ball. <laughs> You're going to be designing of baseballs or whatnot, or if the batter shows up, it's going to be yeah. the, the guy who's going to say hit ball. And so, yeah. But, uh, fastball was, uh, as entertaining as Knuckleball, but minus the drama. It was narrated yeah. by narrated by uh, Kevin Costner, so that was kind of well. I wasn't fine. I didn't give a shit. But Costner apparently is a baseball fan, so but he wasn't. Uh, I've, I've heard like that, that before. And uh, yeah, and uh, so I mean, the people that probably know, like Derek Jeter, was in there uh, in the movie. Uh, but the one that I was watching it for was Nolan Ryan, because when I was growing up in the in the in the eighties and nineties, Nolan Ryan was a name that kept popping out of the. Uh, news and newspapers and whatnot and so you know if ever i had cared about baseball a little bit nolan ryan was one of the guys that that i knew was kind of like the wayne gretzky of pitching i'm yeah, sure that so reference was... landed for somebody uh, oh yeah yeah anyway, or, or the michael jordan uh, of baseball there you go oh i, I, I kept um, that one I... but, yes there you go. I, I I'm sorry. I don't have any cricket references like, for. Oh, fuck you're... you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so fastball was was fun. I, I watched it in the afternoon. I wasn't expecting it uh, to be uh, as entertaining as it was. I actually gave a shit about what was going on. So if there are any uh, baseball fans out there that haven't gotten to it, which I I probably assume that they have seen it. Yeah, knuckleball and fastball. If you want to see fastball, less drama than knuckleball. So have at it. Uh, really fun documentaries about sports that I don't really care about. That if you do, you're gonna have a fun time watching. It's great to have a comparable scale on these things. You know that it, that you can actually watch two documentaries on the same thing and actually realize that you know they actually, in their own sense, cater to two different types of audiences and two different kinds of oh, yeah. baseball. Uh, enthusiasts. So that's that's really interesting. I would have never considered that kind of angle when watching. I know it's really cool. I mean, uh, yeah, you can you can actually feel the type of crowd that they're going for. Um, and you know, like I said, I was entertained by both. Uh, I'm actually happy I watched them because I wasn't expecting uh, it to be any interesting. But for some reason, for some goddamn reason, baseball documentaries are fun. I don't know why, but mm. I get invested in those ones. The next one I'm supposed to be watching is the batter, Battered Bastards of Baseball. Oh, my God. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not something yeah. ball. So, I mean, it's already broken the trend. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, uh, 
my hopes are up, but I'm being a little bit cautious uh, walking into that one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So did you get the chance to watch anything else? No, that's me for the week. <laughs> that's, that's how tough that's it was. That's you for the week? Well, I mean, like, Stranger right. Things takes up, like, what, eight hours of your life. I mean, so saving that one has taken a significant chunk of my things to talk about this time. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know I'm I'm on the same boat. I managed to watch Stranger Things, and I'm actually catching up on um, Downton Abbey. I haven't I hadn't watched wow. that, and I I've started it recently, and I'll save that for another time. But uh, I I used to kind of mock. Uh, I have a an office mate, a woman who's in her her sixties, who's gonna be uh, retiring soon, where where I teach, and yeah. uh, at the college, and uh, she used to say, "Oh, you should get to that. You should get to that." And I was like, "Ah." screw you and your fucking hats and your big dresses. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> and um, at one point, my mom talked to me about it. And then when my mom talks to me about it, I tend to ignore because she likes these based on a true story type things, right. which is something we've been talking about right now. But at the same time, my mom's like, oh, I said, let me guess, Ma, they succeed at the end. And she's like, well, yeah. And I was like, well, what's the point of watching? It's always the same fucking movie. But <laughs> I decided that... I'm going to give Downton Abbey a shot because I kind of ran out of shit to watch. And I'm actually wow. really enjoying it. Of course, yeah. That, that's no surprise there. <laughs> you, uh, you traitor. You hypocrite. I know. It's funny. It's just because I was trying to figure out. At, at, like I was watching it with my, my, uh, my girlfriend. And here I was Googling. You know, what the hell an Earl was and all that stuff. Just to see how the, like the, the whole system the in the, in the UK worked. Work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, why can't he inherit the land? It was because, oh, it has to go to his son. And oh, fuck. And then we, we just kind of mapped it out and we were like, okay, all right. Now we've got this the weird fucking system they have over there. <laughs> Everybody I know in my family dabbled in and out of Downton Abbey and it never grabbed me. But hey, if you end up watching it and then it turns out to be wonderful, who knows? Maybe I'll find the time. And uh, I'll sell out. Oh, yeah. and I'll sell out as hard as I possibly can to the to to my yeah, own values. Damn it. My, <laughs> yeah, my girlfriend just walked in and she's like, "All right, come on, finish up the recording. There, we gotta we gotta watch Downton Abbey." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that closes out our second portion of what did you watch this week? Stay tuned because we're going to be getting into our review of Jason Bourne. finish with you, you'll no longer be yourself. I remember. I remember everything. Remembering everything doesn't mean you know everything. Tell me. You've just been hacked. Could be worse than Snowden. Facial recognition got a hit. Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Why would it come back now? There's a demonstration in front of the Greek Parliament building. I think she'll use it as cover. They tracked you. We gotta move. He knows things. What if he's not coming for us? What if it's something else? I volunteered because of a lie. This is Jason Bourne. I need to talk. 32 kills. People are safer because of what you did. Welcome back to our featured presentation. And by that, I mean we're going to be talking about one film 
that we kind of wanted to put aside and spend a little more time on. And this week, it'll be Jason Bourne. What did you think of the film, Jason? I actually had a fun time, Lee. Um, I really think that uh, the movie itself was... I don't know, it bit off a little bit more than it could chew, but in the end, it ended up swallowing that big piece and everything seemed to be fine. <laughs> we'll get a little bit more in depth after that. How did you find the movie? I, I, I found it good too. I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely, um, I went in with relatively, uh, kind of middling expectations, but, uh, yeah, it turned out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I went in with really low expectations. Uh, I wrote a review for it and I had mentioned that I'm not really much of a Bourne fan. I enjoyed the free, the three first movies, but even when they announced Jason Bourne and I saw the first trailer, I found myself in a position where I really didn't care anymore about what they were going to do. So I went in with really low expectations uh, because I thought we had said Everything we had to say with the first three, I mean, the Bourne Ultimatum tied everything up together. Bourne seemed to walk away satisfied with everything that he had done, accomplished. He'd found out pretty much everything he needed to find out about himself in order to be a functioning human being, maybe staying under the radar for the rest of his life, but at least capable of living with whatever fragmented memory he had left. Uh, Whereas like with uh, Jason and Jason Bourne, they kind of bring him back for for all the wrong reasons. So I had very mixed feelings as an afterthought. While I was watching the movie, I was piecing these things together, like piecing the narrative together, and I started realizing slowly but surely that they had really started pulling on different strings. And those strands didn't really amount to a beautifully knit sweater. It's more just a, a... pile of yarn where you were like okay (laughs) how do i work my way back into this yeah so i didn't particularly enjoy like i said the 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 shoehorned in element reasons behind the film you know like the sort of yeah yeah the the why this had to happen why that but i mean i think that it was more of the social networking aspect that they tried to bring into it oh that i thought was a little bit difficult yeah exactly it was a bit strange because when we were uh, we were talking just you and I before the show about how sometimes like in in the previous born movies they tried to you could feel that the movies themselves wanted to tackle specific issues of the time yeah. so this is post 911 but they did it subtly nothing was really named you could it was implied with the camera work some of the dialogue um the surveillance and whatnot but mm-hmm. whereas in Jason Bourne, they flat out mention specific things with regards to Edward Soden. Uh, WikiLeaks is not mentioned, but you can get a kind of a feel that Julian Assange informed yeah, a bit definitely. of the script as well. So, yeah, I thought that it was a bit too much like on the nose. Perhaps. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Man. They, they, they basically all but name drop uh, Facebook and uh, selling information. And it was all very... Uh, enemy of the states they even had a moment where like the, the government guys are sitting there with pre-recorded footage from like a satellite and they and they point to the screen and go enhance uh yeah it was definitely uh under underwhelming in its sort of handling of this like new approach it was going for where it was now putting born into the background and putting forward these sort of modern day current issues that are all very you know they're, they're big talking points these days, you know, like uh, your privacy, you know, and your uh, corruption amongst especially like the CIA and CIA-esque bodies, you know, intelligent intelligence agencies. Everybody's taking a more skeptical approach to how we look at these kind of uh, organizations. And uh, it's I think it's kind of admirable in a way. I, I don't think there's, you know, I, I believe strongly in the critical fiction, which is like an idea in which we package smart messages in slightly dumber more accessible films and it feels like that's what they were kind of going for you know they knew their audience were the kind of the the person the guy who would like to read or the the woman who would like to read you know and like a like a spy novel here and there but they they like to think about their their characters a little more than just watching things explode jason bourne's got that audience sort of locked down at this point and uh they thought well where do we approach it now what can we say more about jason bourne and then they kind of look in the mirror 
and slowly realize there's nothing there's nothing to say about Jason Bourne, so they just kind of keep building the world around him. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that sentiment quite a bit because there didn't seem to be any way to go at the end of Ultimatum. And mm. I mean, are we are we allowed spoilers? Are we including spoilers on this? Oh yeah, hell. <laughs> well, I really feel that uh well then spoiler alert. I really feel that bringing in Jason's father was a little bit lazy on the writer's part. I think that what happened is they've watched every recent superhero movie <laughs> and had to bring in uh, that that tragic moment where the villain is somehow related to the death of the parents or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, the most recent example right now is happens to be The Winter Soldier. And I didn't want to spoil it in the review that I wrote, but I remember... When it's revealed, when his, like, Bourne's memory, memory comes back and he notices in the back of his mind this reflection, you know, he, he thinks and he, he notices Vincent Cassel's yeah, yeah, character, like basically silhouette. called the asset. And then he realizes, oh shit, this is the dude that killed my dad. I felt that that was very much the Tony Stark realizing yeah. that Bucky killed his parents. Yeah, you met Civil from War Civil earlier. War. Yeah, that's right. Civil War, but no, but I mean, it's just that it's. It, I meant that in the continuation of the Winter Soldier. Oh uh, yes, like yeah. Captain oh America. yes, it was the Winter Soldier who fucking killed Tony Stark's parents. Yeah, yeah what nonsense was that? But anyway, uh, so I thought that was a bit nuts, and then we had that in Batman versus Superman as well, where like, oh, the whole Martha scene. So parents <laughs> seem to be becoming a, like a, a big thing for yeah. the, the the these heroes or anti heroes that we were watching in in movies right now, and so I thought that perhaps that was a little bit too much because at first in the three firstborn movies it was about Born himself trying to figure out what had happened to him. But now it's not even necessarily about what happened to him, but how it happened to him because of his father. Yeah, I, I get that. Like You could make the argument that, that they are robbing the character of his own development, you know, slowly and surely are underscoring the amount of impact he himself had in his own decisions. You know, like, the moral dilemma of the original films was that Jason Bourne chose to do this stuff to himself, you know? He chose to be the guy to go out there and fucking start killing people. And, you know, he rejects it now that he realizes, you know, he's forgotten, then he kind of pieces it all together and realizes that's not who he is anymore. Uh, but now they're saying that that was never who he was, you know? He's basically got tricked into it. But what I wanted to think about the, the father thing was that it's real borderline how they could have handled it. And I wondered which side you fell on, whether you thought it was lazy that when he born finally gets his revenge and kills this guy we know for one film who says about 10 lines and just shows up and shoots people when he finally gets his revenge the fact that he says nothing and seems in internally just to be staring at the guy and not nothing is said as he walks away did what did you read that as they were so lazy not even born cares about this <laughs> or that was a good dramatic delivery because it shows how done he was with it all you know how he kind of coldly handles things because he's an assassin that's well, what he does i mean all right there were there were three different possibilities right. in my opinion either either he has a flashback and something there's some more character development there or we we see what we saw in the movie where he walks away emotionless or he breaks down and cries, which would have been completely out of character <laughs> at this point. That's what I mean. But I mean, logically, logically, that should have been a very cathartic moment for Bourne. Yeah. And it didn't seem to be that way. It seemed more like, I don't know if it was basically him going on instinct at this point. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't feel like the revenge was earned. Born doesn't know anything about this guy. And not only that, if Born was part of the same program, then they're essentially the same guy. Yeah. So if you're looking at it, if you want to look at it from a metaphorical point of view, then because his father's implicated in this and this guy killed his father, then Born kind of killed his father. And in killing the asset, he's kind of killing a part of himself. Yeah. But I think that would be digging too deep into what we actually watched in the movie. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, these these films, 
have made a habit of making us bring up ethical questions when it comes to these like super spies. We're we're well indoctrinated by now. If you, if anybody's been watching the series, to expect to keep asking questions, and when they don't have like any semblance of an interesting answer, then you immediately start to look at it through a critical eye and say they didn't write a good enough story, basically. Yeah, but I mean, how, how did you read that last sequence? Yeah, I I, yeah. I thought it was a great um, moment in character, but I just couldn't decide for myself whether it was a, a something that was meant, an intentional good moment, or just a good reading by me into thinking, well, how else would fucking Jason Bourne react to this scenario? He just killed a guy. It doesn't matter who who he was or what he did. He's not going to, like you said, he's not going to break down and cry. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I mean, I really think that Cassell's character should have, I don't know, had a post in him, but maybe they thought that that was too close to uh, Carl Urban's death and the Bourne supremacy. So, mm. I don't know. I really think that it, it was a fun fight to watch. I mean, the brutality was was pleasant. I mean, and I'm not saying that from a <laughs> yeah. sadistic point of view. I mean, I like a good brawl on on uh from one, uh, once in a while, not myself personally, but I mean, yeah, just, uh, just too, <laughs> watching yeah, it on exactly. screen and I mean, uh, it was a good action sequence. You you could feel it. You could feel the violence in my opinion. And um yeah, I had a little bit more fun like I said watching this installment of Born on the Big Screen as opposed to the other ones. Uh, the other ones were fun, but for some reason, this one stuck a little bit more in my mind. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of like character development, well, you know, I, I like Delisha Vikander. A lot of people are complaining about her accent. I really don't understand what the hell the pe- people are complaining about. I thought I she was fine. <laughs> the uh, What I liked, interestingly, about this, at least, was that it sets up a good course for the future of Bourne. But only if they take it in a very, very particular sense, you know. They seem to, like, be pulling at this idea that Bourne might join the CIA uh, and become basically everything he's fought against up till now. Which basically means Bourne starts becoming something more like like a James Bond character, uh, where, you know, he actually works hand-in-hand with the government he protects, you know. Because they keep saying, you're a patriot, Bourne. Someday you're going to join up with us. You know... It was interesting. I thought that you know they were kind of pushing it. They they really they they really pussy out at the end where they kind of go like he gets one up over her and gets a recording and says yeah yeah I'm not going to join you. You're a liar. But you know it felt oh, like yeah, that was that where was they cheap. wanted. That's what they. It's like what they wanted to tell the sort of, but they couldn't commit to the studio that hard. You know that Bourne was probably going to be like like a Tommy Lee yeah. Jones character sometime in the future, and we were going to see him make all these plans and become the monster, you know, that he had always tried to avoid, but this time without the excuse that he lost his memory <laughs> or something, you know, and had a change of heart. I kind of, so I saw it like that was going in a real interesting direction. I was like, fuck, Bourne could be something in the future. And that sort of pussing out kind of immediately made me think, mm, well, I don't know, maybe they won't go for it, and then this was a pointless film, but then... Who knows? Maybe they'll double down on it next time. I'm kind of more interested in Bourne now, knowing that it could be something that it never was, you know, than, you know, that another fucking guy on the run shoots people and keeps running film. We've, we've got plenty of those now. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, and that's a really, really fun, a really fun... Uh, well, if, if I bring it, like, the direction in which they could have gone would have been exactly that. I think the dynamic between Alicia Vikander and... Uh, Matt Damon is there. It was very palpable. I think that they could yeah. act well together. So that was fun. And that's really fun when you have two really good, good, um, actors coming together at, at, at pretty much the top of their game. Matt Damon as Jason Bourne is in his element. He knows this character very well. Mm-hmm. And Alicia Vikander, I mean, I have complete faith in her, uh, based on the movies that I've seen her in so far. What I was going to say to answer, really answer your question is a lot of people were complaining about how Heather Lee, Vikanda's character, kept shifting from one place to another. And it turned out that in the end, when she was actually just making up this power play to get Tommy Lee Jones's uh, spot at the yeah. CIA, uh, they felt let down. And in my opinion, I was like, yeah, but I mean, that's great. I mean, for this genre of movie. That's exactly what these people do. I mean, we've watched eight yeah. seasons of 24 going through that type yeah. of thing. It, yeah, 20, 24 is a good uh, comparison point because this one did feel a lot more 24 with the power plays. 
You know, there are always a little bit of back and back and forth uh, fights in the other Bourne films, but this one in particular seemed like it was more about the actual trying like the the sort of politics that happen in the day to day lives and how they can sway people in the office to kind of fuck each other over on missions. And that yeah. made for really good that that put like good dynamics into especially there's this scene this kind of setup where Bourne's got this he's looking for information off this office worker guy, he calls out into a fucking open area and Fikander is getting is on the mission and Tommy Lee Jones is sort of overseeing it and proceeds to basically wipe out her entire squad and pin the blame on her. And you know Right. And when you're watching that, it, it's really tense and actually thrilling, you know? And it was, like, something that I was actually getting into. So, I mean, that part of the story was starting to really, like, take over and remove Bourne. Every time Bourne showed up, I was going, oh, God, this guy again, you know? He's driving the plot, but he's just a target at this point. You're <laughs> absolutely right. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly because Bourne did take me out. Even when the editing of that sequence, you were like, well... I really want to see how uh, Dewey's plan is going to play out. Yeah. It's a really, really impressive thing that he's doing, being able to play the asset and taking down these these other killers, these contract killers that they've yeah, been hiring, the soldiers or whatnot, <laughs> and trying to pin it on Vikander. That's it, you know, trying to get her out by showing that she's actually incompetent at the job and therefore no one's going to pay attention to her so she can't rise yeah. up in the CIA. It was very well thought out and that was a very, very uh, fun moment and very Bourne-esque in my Definitely. opinion. Definitely. No, yeah, exactly. It was kind of exactly the kind of stuff we wanted to see in the film, and there was, like, a good amount of focus on that. Like, uh, you know, they set up, like, the assassination of, like, the Facebook guy. Uh, you know, the, those kind of scenes, you're kind of, even if it's a little forced in its sociopolitics, you know, at least it's tense because the two characters that are really at play, um, you know, are a threat. Tommy Lee Jones kind of backs off the stage, and he's, he lets... Heather Lee walk out there. You see, I even remember her name pretty well, better than Alicia Vikander. Let's her walk out there and she starts freaking out, you know, and it's kind of like, fuck, what's going to happen? He's not actually going to shoot somebody in this fucking scene, is he? And they do. They, they fucking shoot a guy. And you're kind of like, well, you know, that's playing yeah. with expectation. You know, they actually are as dirty as you'd expect. It's it, it, was, it was great, those elements. And then when we had to go back to running on streets and sneaking around and moping in, like, mm -hmm. hotel rooms. You're kind of like, Jesus Christ, this is... What film is this supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. You know, going from scene to scene, you're like, ah, oh, they, they should have kept it going at this place. It was fine as a setting. Mm -hmm. But no, they bring it up into this cliched, like, hotel room uh, thing, and she comes in at the last minute. And But I really... That, that's one thing, again, about Vikander's character that I really enjoyed is that... And, and where they failed at... at as filmmakers, in my opinion, oh. is the development of her, the development of her character. They they played all of her cards really. Like at the yeah, end, they revealed her game, and I was like, "Come on, you could have maybe left the end of the Born movie with two different possible endings: Born with the little Moby song in the back, walking away after <laughs> after." We notice, okay, he finally caught his father's killer, which is something that's weird because. Uh, he went on a mission for absolutely no reason. He could have just said, okay, well, shit, I didn't realize my father was implicated in all this. And, but yeah. he didn't need to seek revenge. It had nothing to do with him in the end. And if his father worked for the CIA, it's not a big deal. Where I think they did fail is by showing, uh, Heather Lee's cards, like they put everything on the table. But I really would have wished if they want to really send off this movie and maybe promise to, get maybe a second trilogy going you know this after mm -hmm. after the, the 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 well after jason born and have a, this a sequel to this one it would have been interesting for the audience to go in aware of this character's duplicitousness and the fact that she hasn't played her entire card and that born doesn't yeah. know you know i think that 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 yeah. uh that dramatic irony when we walk into that sequence and we're like okay she's still here and she has something that Bourne doesn't know that would have played very interestingly on the audience throughout the entire second part of, of this movie stolen that away from themselves i mean they could scrap it back with you know audiences tend to be very forgiving especially for like one middling start off film for a whole new trilogy to lay the groundwork 
and then you know a whole two films it's funny you mentioned it because that's exactly what i was seeing from this uh you know two brand new additional films that would start to see more that's what i kind of wanted for for born was to to join the caa because him versus Vikander would be an incredible sort of duo because he'd be trying to be the straight guy trying to fix things and she'd be maybe still like even with her cards on the table we like don't really know if she does care for the country or not you know i mean how much of the how much higher in the ladder does she have to climb what really comes first you know it could be a really great exploration and seeing how they work in like a like a like a like an office based sort of scenario. I mean, like that's something you you, you wouldn't expect immediately from this series, but it kind of makes sense when you think about how faux cerebral it is at times. You know, like if they actually buckled down, did some research, and had a plot that was a little smarter than it was than it usually is, and a little less gun oriented. You know, it, it could be something really good. And that and on that faint promise, I I I feel that this film was worth seeing. But, I mean, if the next film's fucking terrible, then, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, I mean, like, right now, I'm I'm intrigued as to where it can go. However, like I said, there are, there are resolved issues that I would have loved to leave unresolved. I mean, if Damon actually, if, if Bourne actually goes back in to work for the CIA, which would have been a really interesting tangent to explore then that opens up a world of possibilities for memory flashbacks from different missions that he has no recollection. And you can build the character from there where he's not even just a hunted man in the United States. He's a hunted man someplace else. There's a bounty on his head. You can bring other governments into play. And then you can really make this surveillance theme that they were going for something worth talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know. I think that this time around I went in for the entertainment value with no expectations walked out satisfied. Like, um, if I could compare it to anything, I'd say it would be like a Big Mac. Yeah. 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 You know, well, I don't know. I, it's I no... to me, I look forward to Big Macs. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not even that for me. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well so to, I don't look forward to Big Macs. I, I, I go in, I go in expecting it to be yeah. okay. I'll, this will be filling. But I'll probably be hungry for something else a little bit later today. Exactly. It is exactly that. It is some exactly warm, fast, greasy fucking appetizer to something that, you know, you're going to eventually have to eat later or else you're going to feel unsatisfied overall. Yeah. And um, <laughs> did you want to get nitpicky about a specific few things or uh, do you want us to go to our final verdict? I, I, I only want to be nitpicky about a few things. Uh, one is the intro. The intro is a is a bunch of fast cut flashbacks to the previous films. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was just a horrible, horrible way to open up the film. I thought that anybody who hadn't watched any of them up to that point would just pick it up as they went along because they had a competent director and and a lot of the dialogue was pretty focused on letting you know who Jason Bourne was. So the fact that we got a bunch of literally like incomprehensible gibberish thrown in our face to try to clue us into who this was. It was it was so pointless. It didn't add anything at all. It really like immediately put me in a sour mood for this film. Like already not expecting it. To I'm be gonna good. agree with you on that opening sequence. When I saw the opening sequence, I said, "Okay, this is where I knew exactly what kind of movie it was going to be. Yeah. It was going to be spoon feeding us information as though." We, we, like, as an audience, collectively, we were, we were, we were, like, this, this amoeba, this one-celled organism, where we needed the information to be really just written down, shown everything. And it was very strange to me, because it felt very much like a prologue. You know, when you watch a serial, a TV show, last week on, you know? uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, (laughs) I I felt that that was exactly what it was at the beginning of the movie. It was like, last week on Born. Yeah, last week (laughs) on 24. (laughs) You know, that's what I mean, you know? Exactly. Yeah, but uh, like, you know, like, out of context, it made like no sense. Like, even just looking at those stray images, you couldn't piece together what the fuck was happening. So I guess it was supposed to be what's actually going through his head, which are just shots of Jason Bourne doing things. But like, still, it was, oh, it was embarrassing. And I, I thought it was really, really shoddy. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. And I'll, I'll, you know, I thought that the sequence where he knocks the guy out with one punch was okay. They don't even take the shot from the trailer, which was even funnier to me. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I don't understand <laughs> why it had to be this 
almost bare knuckle boxing. Why isn't he just unloading boats or something? You know, something a little bit less that you know that that dr- draws less of a crowd. Yeah, exactly. Where he's like, we can't. You know, I don't know if you watched the the Bourne Legacy, but they made a big deal out of the, how they couldn't find Jason Bourne. <laughs> Turns out you go to any fucking mid street brawl in the middle of fucking Europe, there exactly. he is beating up everybody. It was very <laughs> strange to me because that's it. You know, the people are taking bets, and I mean. <laughs> I, I'm I'm no I'm no guy that takes bets on fights, but usually, like you said, you know, fights draw a crowd. We've got UFC boxing was a thing, and usually, I mean, isn't that how Kimbo Slice got discovered? In a sense, he was knocking guys out by with one punch in the street. Yeah, I'm sure there's and so, piles of stories of people <laughs> who are just like, yeah, just nobody's worked their way up from nothing and started because they beat up the right people in front of the right people. So I mean. Exactly. It's 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 not very well thought out yeah. why he's doing this. All right. So what's 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 your what's your rating? I mean, like we're talking about um, a film in which now we've spoiled every major scene in it. We can only you know the people who are waiting for our our criticism are. Uh, wow. Should you run to they're, the cinema to see it? Probably the guys who've already seen it. But uh, <laughs> what would you recommend? I. Oh yeah, I, I'd recommend going to see it. Uh, hundred percent. I mean, uh, if you're walking in with, with not even having any expectations, if you're just happy you're going to see a new Jason Bourne movie, then yeah, man, uh, hundred percent. Go ahead, uh, bring a date. Go with your parents. Don't bring your kids. But um, <laughs> like I said, to me, I went in with low expectations and I had a really good time. And you know what? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not excited to see a new Bourne movie by any means. But if it comes along, because I kind of appreciated this movie for what it was, um, I'll probably be uh, enthused <laughs> by a new installment. So I mean, if I go according to my grading system, I, I gave it a, a 3.5 on five uh, on my site, and that is the equivalent of entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, entertaining, fun. But if you're really uh, expecting, if you're, if you're thinking that you're walking in to see an old born movie, you'll get some of that. This one has a little bit more of a glaring message to it, but if you, if you can let that go, then you'll be fine. Yeah. If you're walking in to see an action movie, then you're going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree. It is definitely um something I I would recommend people going to actually uh, watch in the cinema. I wouldn't wait for it on Netflix. I mean, like if you just if you're thinking about films that are like good time out. I walked into this thinking because I went to see it alone. I uh, I went into this thing and I'm going to spend two of my hours, uh, two hours of my life. I'm never getting back. That's just going to be it. And all I'm going to show for it is like a, an article and a conversation sometime in the week. <laughs> and, uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised when I came out of it. I, I was I was thinking about it. You know, I, I was taking it different angles. I you know it was one of the fastest reviews I ever wrote. It was definitely something that exceeded expectations. And on that basis. It's not exactly worth saying, ah, just wait till it comes to you, you know. It's more about, you know, having exactly what you said. It's an entertaining time, so if you want to have a, a good time, and if you just could switch off your expectations a little bit, you'll you'll really enjoy Jason Bourne, and I recommend that. <laughs> Excellent. I, I agree, 100%. All right, so that closes out our review for Jason Bourne. What did you guys think of Jason Bourne? Be sure to be sure to let us know. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at Film Faculty, so that's Film underscore Faculty. And Lee, where can people reach you? I am at Big Picture Reviews. You can get our Twitter handle as Big Pick Reviews. And uh, yeah, I'll answer anything. I'm, I'm, I'm shallow and easy. <laughs> I'll, I'll echo that. He is shallow and easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we're currently working on probably getting ourselves an email address for uh, for the new show for the Atlantic Screen Connection. Uh, we'll probably have a Twitter account in common and something like that, like a bank account of two married couple or whatever. And so uh, until then, you're going to have to make do with the uh, two Twitter accounts, mine at Film Faculty and Lee at Big Pick Reviews. And uh, be sure to uh, send us your thoughts. We're looking forward to start a discussion with you guys. And... Uh, Let's see. Do we have anything planned for the next show? Uh, it's, I, I, I'm not going to say um, there's like a superhero film that everybody's going to be super hyped about uh, that needs discussing. But uh, yeah, 
might have a, a, a superhero film that everybody's hyped about that we might be discussing. Excellent. So, yeah, I think that we will have uh, quite a few things to discuss in the coming weeks. We might actually go back and review some old movies together as well because there are a couple of things that we did talk about and we did disagree on. Maybe a oh, no. maybe the last Colin Brother movie? That could oh, be fun. My. <laughs> All right, so this is Jason Michael signing off, and... And Lee Brady. I am signing off as well. Take care, people. See you next time. Thanks. can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.